Oh, I guess that should be something scary. Dun 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 Totally not a scary movie. Uh, good one that might be a scary movie that might be a scary movie something has definitely sounded like that in a scary movie oh, yeah probably scary. in the movie scary movie probably 100 yeah i'm pretty sure that's something someone did but it wasn't scary because you know it's scary movie welcome back folks we're back with another season of the indian science show and we know it's been a long time but we just had to do another episode for scary stories we figure what better way to come back it's um it's been a long time we've both Mm -hmm. been through a lot and we're happy to be back we're happy to continue doing the indian science show and we're going to keep it as science as we can but i mean we started this to just have fun conversations. And so that's where we're going to mm-hmm. keep it. Yep. Keep it fun with Halloween. Definitely both of our favorite times of the year. Ledger likes to talk about eating candy from random strangers. I more <laughs> like to think about the pumpkin carving, but again, different yeah. people. I different like to paint my shows. face. <laughs> painting your face is, can be fun. Pretending. Face painting. Yeah. Very much pretending. And it happened to be that reservation dogs came out and got me on the kick of dear woman and like small worlds always is in native communities turtle had his own story which really turned out to be a very interesting rabbit hole that we both fell in for a very long time and we're gonna try to tell you a little bit of what we learned but there was a lot that we haven't even watched yet. Like this little mini series. I don't know what it calls, but Dear Woman, Masters of Horror. We haven't watched it yet, but we may do something with that show. Yeah, if if uh, if this was like a video program, we could react to it and show mm-hmm. you guys our reactions. You know, like those YouTube reaction channels. <laughs> And then we could be famous. Those, we yeah. could get all famous and get a bunch of likes because we do the reaction. Reactions. But instead, we're just going to talk. Yeah, we're just going to talk. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it looks like an interesting, like a B movie. Definitely. It does. And, and she fucks some people up for sure. <laughs> she really does. <laughs> yeah. It's very, it's very different than what was on Reservation Dogs. And I think every story I've heard jumping is around, yeah. kicking doors off semi trucks. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure at one point she kicked a car halfway across the road. Even. I think she did. The trailer, the trailer was very revealing to the whole movie. I feel like it gave all of its best parts. I mean, a lot of trailers kind of do that. Yeah. They'll ruin, they halfway ruin the movie for you. Yep. So we're gonna try not to do that. But spoiler alert: we are gonna give a quote from mm-hmm. the Reservation Dogs, one of the episodes mm-hmm. where yes. dear woman shows up at a funeral at a funeral yes which very much stuck with me i remember this quote probably for the rest of my life 
It is very interesting. And it's when Big is talking about why he became a cop in the end. And Dear Woman asks, do you know what I do? And his response was, you kill boys. She responded back and said, wrong. I kill bad men. She goes on to continue, but you're not bad. You're good. So you ain't got nothing to worry about. Just stay that way. You're going to want to give up. You're going to want to start drinking, become a shit ass, have a bunch of kids all over the place and never see them, you know, like your dad. But I, but just don't do that. You think about your grandmother. You imagine her with you every step of the way. You do that. You'll be all right. So I guess what I'm saying is be good, fight evil. You do that and you'll never, ever have to see me again. Be good. And with that quote, I was determined to find out more about these legends. And I very much have learned it is a wide spectrum of stories and moral lessons or even just randomness of the stories. And it was very interesting to learn more about different cultures and different oral traditions as well. Mm-hmm. And it seems like all, the majority of the tribes that we came up that have this story is the down in the Southeast tribes like mm-hmm. the Cherokee and the Creek and the Seminole. And I'm curious if maybe it was maybe one of these, a kid from one of these tribes that where I heard the version that I heard from, mm-hmm. because it was at a camp, a summer camp, and there's a lot of kids from all sorts of places. Mm-hmm. And I was just hanging out. And I remember just hearing a little slice of the, this story. And it's a, right. one of the versions that happened to be out there, uh-huh. in what we were finding, and where she shows up at public gatherings and dances and stuff. And the way I heard it was that there was a powwow and there was a competition of fancy dancers out there, of women fancy mm-hmm. dancers. And eventually it was down to just the last five and they're really good dancers. But there was one that really stuck out and she was really dancing hard. And eventually someone mm-hmm. looked down and saw she had hooves instead of feet. And uh-huh. eventually more people noticed and more people noticed and people kind of freaked out. And uh-huh. then it's like she noticed, they noticed. And then dropped uh-huh. her shawl and everybody saw she had deer legs and then she ran out. I wonder if that's like part of it is when she is part of her magic is her dancing maybe. And maybe. that's why everybody was noticing her and not her feet right away. Yeah. And I know I look at people's feet when they're dancing, but I'm a dan- mm-hmm. I've been a dancer since I was a little kid. So I don't know mm-hmm. maybe if that's why I pay so much attention. Or right. maybe other people don't. I, I don't know if people pay more or less attention than I do. Mm-hmm. But I'm I, a, I look at feet a lot. Yeah. I'm a big beater. So I always look at moccasins or leggings yeah. to kind of see their beadwork. I just love it. I love watching dancing. I love their feet. So yeah, again, I probably look at feet more than probably should. I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing to notice, but I look at shoes a lot. Interesting. I wonder if everyone looks at feet. And it just so happens that this is a, a story to remind mm-hmm. us to look at people's feet and be like, look, we're getting look into how, foot fetishes. Look how, yeah, <laughs> look how good those things are. Aren't right. they amazing? <laughs> Whether just it be the boot work, 
<laughs> or usually I'm looking at the movements and the pattern of movements, uh-huh. especially um, I've always liked the way jingle dress dancers dance, the way they mm-hmm. move their their toe and it, uh, fancy dancers do it too, but there's a difference. I love the curl hop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's definitely a lot of it's in the feet for sure. Yeah. So there you go. Good the, calves. Lesson for dancers. You got to have good feet, good calves mm-hmm. and um, hopefully not hooves. Hopefully not hooves. Yes. Hooves. You ever see that movie uh Freddy Got Fingered? Oh with yes. the <laughs> uh, Green comic what was book? his name? Yeah. Al Green. Uh, no, I think it's Tom Green. Tom Green. Tom Green. Yeah, yeah Tom Green. The, one of the weirdest comedians ever. That was weird early 2000s humor right there. Yeah, yeah. Weird <laughs> comic book about the Zeppers. Yeah. Zeppers. But we digress. <laughs> this um yeah the story from the reservation dogs i think it's a really positive message even though it starts off being kind of dark and he's all Mm -hmm. scared he's this scared boy that's thinking he's gonna right he's facing some pretty gnarly being here and Mm -hmm. she she comes off pretty cool this like this really chill biker chick or maybe she's not a biker but she's got like this leather leather jacket on Mm -hmm. and and she's really beautiful and oddly enough she almost she kind of has that look of a deer she has these huge eyes mm-hmm. she's very really like very shapely facial features mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then when she's walking away she's uh, that's when you see her hooves mm-hmm. hooves yeah and that's but the part trip, that scared you the most yeah right? that's what tripped me yeah. out is as i she got in this car and i uh-huh. thought who's driving that car because I didn't actually, right. I didn't watch this until after I had read All Paula, Paula Gunn Allen's version. Because uh-huh. there's a version written by an author, a writer named Paula Gunn Allen. And mm-hmm. she, the way she wrote it was very, very in-depth and way, way more epic than anything I ever imagined about this. It was but so when I read that yeah. and then I saw the scene and I, then mm-hmm. I thought, who's driving that car? Uh-huh. And it, I immediately thought it's one of the dudes, one of the guys. It's one of the dudes. Yeah, well, that she, yeah. One, of, one of the guys that she's already gotten. Because mm-hmm. that yeah. does tend to be one of the majority of the topics while doing my research was around kind of flirtatious men being overtly sexual with a woman and it being kind of a story of a man being taught a lesson that way. And so, yeah, your first ass- assumption would be then that this man is now going to probably die somewhere because he's probably yeah. doing something. And he's like in like a very like sporty car and he like peels out. So he always is kind of giving off douchey vibes. So. <laughs> and she's like, oh, hold up. <laughs> hold up. Hold up. My Just take a, take a right. Take a <laughs> yeah. right. And he pulls over real quick and she doesn't say anything. Gets out, does this thing with this other kid, this future man. I know. Fe- potentially future yeah. man. And then uh-huh. gets back in and is like, go take a left. Yeah. <laughs> like in that story, Paula Gunn Allen, he just forgets everything and blindly mm-hmm. goes forward, often destroying relationships and all sorts of other things in his path. Right. Yeah. I want to give a huge shout out real quick to someone because we were doing our pre-episode research meeting that we usually do. And I was trying so hard to find this story by Paula Gunn Allen. 
I was visibly frustrated for a long time. Yeah, that was to find it online. You found it while we right? were talking about it. Yeah. While we were talking. And so I want to give a huge shout out to my it's pretty much my second parents, Babo and KK, because I think I kidnapped this book from my mom. And in the cover, it says Merry Christmas 1991. Um, and it's from Babo and KK. And it is called Grandmothers of the Light, a Medicine Woman's Source Book by Paula Gunn Allen. And she has a story in there called Dear Woman. So thank you, Babo and KK. I know you guys listen. And I wanted to know that really this story was great. <laughs> it was great to have. Great find. I was so happy to find it. <laughs> yeah. that And that's what was really crazy about it is you couldn't, we couldn't, I didn't look very hard. You were uh, doing that while we were talking and. I was looking mm-hmm. up some other stuff, but you couldn't find it anywhere. Could not find it a single place. Everything was just to, like summarizing what the story talked about. Yeah. It was and so, so frustrating. It's not a full book, right? It's a, like a short story in a collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a collection of stories. Is the whole, are all the stories from Polygon Allen? I believe so. Yes. <clears throat> I needed. Oh, huh, interesting. Yeah, I remember hearing, or not hearing, but reading some essays from Paula Gunnallen when I was in college. Mm-hmm. And this one really struck me in the the beginning. So there's a, a preface to this story. And she talks about it coming from her experience gathering different versions of this story from all over the place. Mm-hmm. and then And then also her own experiences with little people. And that's what really tripped me and tripped me up and got me going down an entirely different vein, rabbit hole, whatever you want to call it, a thing where you, where you get curious and then you can't stop thinking about it. Mm -hmm. That happened with that again. And, um, uh, we, we struggled. That was one of our major struggles trying to put this together was, uh, uh, how do we wrap up the little people in, but I mean, it's just, that's the one hard thing Mm -hmm. is. It kind of fits together a lot, so it does. They, uh, the Polygon Allen story, though, really specifically seems to it was really detailed and included things. It was pretty much completely different than anything I heard before. Mm-hmm. And we were thinking about re- reading it out mm-hmm. on on here. It is, but it is kind of long. It was like ten pages. Yeah, it's about 10 pages. Yeah, so in summary, these two guys were going to stomp dance, but they didn't mean to go to stomp dance because they didn't even know what was going to happen. They were originally going to go out snagging mm-hmm. or snagging, snagging, as it is called. Snagging. And they heard about stomp dance and they're like, oh, well, I guess that's good a place as any. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm adding to the story. I'm, I'm figuring that's what they thought. <laughs> and so they went and there was three of them originally mm-hmm. and they were there they showed up and there was all the collections of different cars and they went in they were dancing and having a good time and eventually they saw some really beautiful women mm-hmm. and they looked at them and they're flirting and at some point one of their friends disappeared and they saw him mm-hmm. leave with a woman mm-hmm. and then they just kind of ignored that figuring that he'd scored right so Mm -hmm. they went on 
doing their thing. And eventually these beautiful women approached them and they said, Hey, let's go. And so they said, so they left. Then eventually the, as they're driving, the women told them Mm -hmm. to go certain directions and they Mm -hmm. guided them to this place where they got to a river that they had to cross. And at some point the guy saw his, the lady's feet and then just ignored it. Oh no. Why? You remember that? (laughs) Yeah. Wait a minute. You read it, right? Yeah. (laughs) So anyways, I I think I'm getting into too much details here. The long story short is these dudes ignored a bunch of that that was the first thing is signs. that the, yeah, yeah the bunch of signs and they showed they went to ceremony to get laid mm-hmm. and besides that they just seemed like dumb dudes mm-hmm. they were just dumb asses and so be smart and didn't really care like they didn't mm-hmm. care what they were doing and and also didn't care about these women except no. for the i except for the fact that they might get laid mm-hmm. single-minded Singly and, focused, very much so. And uh, ignoring that, and then getting to this creek, and they had to cross the creek, and they got mm-hmm. wet, and they started bringing them more deeper, deeper in the mountains, even though they were, they were at a familiar place, and this cliff was supposed to not be there. And then there was this weird stone door that they went through, and he was like, "Oh, this is totally cool. Uh-huh, <laughs> no fine. big deal." Yeah. <laughs> and, and again, just ignoring th- that uh-huh. and c- continuing to follow these two women. Mm-hmm. Who, by the way, were ex- supposed to be extremely beautiful. Right. And they went through this door. And then when they went through, there was this magical wonderland <laughs> full of green and houses and mm-hmm. people. And then they went to this house with an old man <laughs> chilling on the porch. I, I'm pretty sure there, he was chilling on the porch, just hanging out with his two dogs. And the girls went in and he's like hey kind of like he expected him uh-huh and he's like i'm surprised you made it usually they don't people get lost following my nieces uh-huh. <laughs> and then for some reason they chilled there in silence for like a half an hour is what it said and after <laughs> a half hour the, the the old guy spoke up even though the, those two mm-hmm. girls those two women were inside at that point mm-hmm. and they started bantering with the old man and then mm-hmm. the, they come out, but they're bald. And, and then they Ooh. can see their eyes and their, their eyes are somehow really enlarged or something. Uh-huh. They have these dresses that cover their entire bodies down to their legs, all the way down to mm-hmm. their feet. And again, the guy's just like, oh, that's weird. But that's oh, well. Weird. Oh, well. <laughs> and they go Single-minded. on and they just grab their hand. The women go and grab their hands and mm-hmm. bring them to this baseball game. Mm-hmm. And they play baseball. And then the, the guy at one point, one of the guys is like, huh, where's those girls? Oh, well, let's, I'm having a great time. And they're, and he starts hanging out mm-hmm. around a, what they call a 49, which is a bunch of people just chilling around a fire. Mm-hmm. Usually after power. Yeah. And, uh, and then as he's chilling around that, his other friend, his second friend disappears. Mm-hmm. And again, he's just kind of, Having a good time, so he ignores it, even though he's in this crazy fantasy right? world. <laughs> so, like they must then, have, yeah. Yeah, there's something going on there. Yeah, and, and then 
all of a sudden he just it just blanks and he wakes up uh-huh. and he's got the sun beating on his head and stuff and he's all almost like he's hung over or something mm-hmm. but he doesn't know what happened and he's chilling by this i can't remember actually if it was by a river if it was just somewhere in the woods but it, there was the one of the deer women the women from the night before was there on mm-hmm. the rock just hanging out and she has his watch his friend's watch and she says here's your friend's watch she he wanted you to have this and tell you that he's not coming back he's gonna stay and so he's yeah and uh, and then he kind of he doesn't really have a chance to respond because Mm -hmm. he gets dizzy and then he looks back and she's gone but the watch Mm -hmm. is there and then he never sees his friend again but he hears about him from time to time yeah, he kind of stopped by the house with a beautiful woman to pick up things. And eventually there was no woman, but eventually heard about him like he was in Seattle somewhere and he was just all messed up on alcohol and just a drunk talking about how he was in this place in the mountain. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's trippy. Yeah. See rabbit holes. Cause like when I first heard that, when I read this, I had already talked about it a little bit, but it reminded me of Lotus Eaters lotus and i i fell down the greek rabbit hole it almost sounds like a stephen king always story lotus Mm -hmm. eater the lotus eaters or uh i'm thinking of um, odysseus yeah uh but before we move on that's just a huge paraphrasing of paula gunnellan so if i butchered her story horribly Uh yeah definitely go read it the i was trying to get the main points across Mm -hmm. uh and also not try to leave out too many of the fun details it's a really interesting story and that part about them going in the mountain like that i never heard that part at all ever mm-hmm. and that really that really got me thinking about a lot of different things Ooh. including the relationship with the little people mm. see little people yeah very much tied into this where i think we are going to have a little person episode it's looking yeah. like yeah that's that we yep. decided that we're Instead mm-hmm. of go over everything that we did find among the little people, we're gonna have an entirely different episode. We'll do that mm-hmm. maybe next. Yeah, because it's the, the it's not necessarily that's the weird thing about native scary stories is they're not completely just all about scary. Mm-hmm. A, they're they're not just completely scary, but they they kind of are. Little people are always have always creeped me out. Ever all the stories I've ever heard. And really? it creeps me out just talking about them. But also I've heard even the even the relatively like the the ones that I've heard that aren't scary are they're not even scary really. They're more just kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. I've never heard any truly terrifying, right? Terrifying. Mm-hmm. I don't find little people terrifying, but maybe I shouldn't say anything about that. I'm like kind of mm-hmm. tempting my my own oh yeah fate here. That- that does bring up a good point that we have been periodically smudging ourselves throughout the night that if anybody else feels that the topics we are discussing tonight need smudging, we completely understand we're doing it throughout here. And one of the topics around Dear Woman was again the fact that these stories are similar usually with southern tribes but it talks about how a beautiful young woman meets a young man and kind of enters a relationship with him 
and that the woman is so beautiful that the young man is often swayed by her beauty away from family, home, community. If the young man is so entranced as to not notice the young woman's feet, which in case of dear woman are hooves, we love our little hooves. Then he falls under her spell and stays with her forever, wasting away into the depression, despair, prostitution, and ultimately death. Yeah. Very much sounds like the Paul Yeah, it's all about story. them. The hooves. The hooves. <laughs> but that's not the only thing in that story I was talking about, or the one I mm-hmm. paraphrased. Oh, yeah, or, no, there's very much other parts. They, yeah. they miss so much more than the hooves. The hooves. <laughs> oh, so much, yeah. It's like constantly. That's what I think. Of. These guys are. It, there's know. a certain point yeah. where I just yell. I I yelled it out loud. These guys are fucking idiots. <laughs> it's like you're so upset, and it's only ten pages by the end of it. You're like, oh come on, I man! Do, you had. So I admit, many man. Chances. When I when I started reading it, and I couldn't put it. Was one of those stories where it was good. It was the writing was really well done, and I couldn't put it down. Mm-hmm. It was good. Yeah, I it haven't was a good read this story. book in a long time, so I we do highly suggest this one. And you can't find it online, so you might have to go to a bookstore. Yeah, Ooh. you might have to do a thrift store book. Hopefully this will pop up in other places. And again, another rabbit hole I fell down, which I don't know if we want to talk about. They probably each deserve their own episode. But it was a lot of comparing Dear Woman to Sirens and Succubi. Oh, yeah. Very uh, interesting that's right. folklore. Very interesting, but again, rabbit hole. That's a lotus flower thing you're talking about too, right? Because mm-hmm. that was on the yeah. uh, the Odyssey. Some mm-hmm. of Odysseus's men had mm-hmm. to be dri- brought back, and the lotus represents birth and renewal, fertility, and like that. purity. Yeah. Yep. So and it's that's very, very similar to the deer woman stories. Also, mm-hmm. partially is that's that's partially what men are intoxicated and blinded and completely entranced by mm-hmm. is the power of that the, the the power of femininity the feminine and both just like there's dark sides and good sides to masculinity there's dark sides and good sides to femininity mm-hmm. and some of the interpretations of dear woman the dear woman stories where it said that it, it's it's a story about both sides mm-hmm. that it very a, much is yeah and i thought that was really interesting because that was what my mom said also that that there's mm-hmm. There's always two sides to it that women can use sex and in just as harmful ways as men can, but -hmm. it's just very different and it it can be done to each other. And often it happens Mm -hmm. that way. I've seen two people in relationships and that's again, the dangers of getting into a a serious relationship, maybe before you're both ready or you're both very messed up people and get together and mess each other up toxic love and that's i think really the big message here is not i mean that's i i think that needs to be talked about a lot more because mm-hmm. there's such a lack of guidance for young boys and young men these days mm-hmm. so pointing that out is important but also talking about that other side is and that's why i like these kinds of native stories in general often are, are very holistic and there's light and dark good and bad in mm-hmm. each and all the different stories there is And I do want to point out that there are also some stories of deer woman being an actual deer, a a full deer. And one of the stories is by Carolyn Dunn, and it's called And the Living Myth of the Day of the Dreamtime. Mm 
And it is her experience of seeing Dear Woman's spirit. So she's Muscogee, Seminole, Cherokee, and Choctaw ancestors. And she was 3,000 miles away from her ancestral homelands in the Redwood Forest. And she was sitting in the coolness of the river water and falling green needles. And she heard a sound on the opposite bank of the river. And when she looked up, she saw a doe step down on the bank come to the river and begin to drink. The doe lifted her head, uh, saw Carolyn, and in the stillness of that moment, she looked into the eyes of the deer and understood an ancestral memory of migration, removal, linguistic, and cultural survival upon the banks of the river that was never meant to be the home for my people, for her people. At that moment, it became her home and I knew, and she knew that her spirits were alive and well and had followed her over 3000 miles to where she had migrated West, which I thought was a very, very cool story about being separated from your homeland, but still remembering your ancestors. Kind of like how you turtle have talked about being seminal, but also understanding that your survival and cultural things are also Pakani as well. So you have an interesting type of migration pattern. Well, I guess, I don't know if I migrated, but my, my dad migrated. <laughs> I'm not sure how that works. Does it have to be, can it, it be, is, I mean, yeah, immigrated to Montana. He I, followed I mean, my like, mom yeah. up here. So maybe my go. mom was like the dear woman. Ooh, mm. maybe. But I don't know. He was the already lost. Begins. So I don't know if that works. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things that you think about. You're like, hmm, maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's that's also what's interesting is there's archetypes in this. Mm-hmm. And Very much so. archetypes that at some point or another, we're all in danger of falling into. There are mm-hmm. these very common traps that people, if they're not paying attention, and they're not watching themselves then uh, mm-hmm. yeah we're all in danger of this stuff you can that's probably why that's why i like that message from the um what's that uh, res dogs res dogs. reservation res dogs. dogs yeah they uh, how she shows up and she's kind of scaring this kid but then giving him a positive message mm-hmm. and then some people might seem like oh that's mean but really whole that kind of accountability giving him something to live up to that's really important mm-hmm. so I, I thought that was, i is. really like i was like yeah, that's cool but then i saw her getting that car and i immediately thought Who the fuck's driving the car right <laughs> got really sidetracked yeah <laughs> yeah well that was like one of the other lessons that we really liked when we were kind of going through our research And it was more particularly around marriage and family, but it was about how the dear woman spirit teaches us that marriage and family life within the community is important and that these relationships cannot be entered into lightly. Her tales are morality narratives, morality narratives. She teaches us that the misuse of sexual power is a transgression that we will end in madness and death. The only way to save oneself from the magic of dear woman is to look to her feet, see her hooves and recognize her for what she is 
to know the story and to act appropriately is to save oneself from a lifetime lived in pain and sorrow. To ignore the story is to continue in the death dance with Dear Woman. Dear Woman instructs us that sexual attraction does not a proper marriage make. It is the societal and <laughs> cultural like responsibility. I know. <laughs> of each tribal member to choose wisely, therefore ensuring tribal survival into the next generation. Yeah. Nice. I could just hear him saying that too. Dear woman instructs us that <laughs> sexual attraction does not a proper no, marriage no make. make. <laughs> and there are some great resources that we're going to link for our show notes as well. I have a lot of resources that I have listed through my research. A lot came up, but there's even more to be added now. And one of the funny thing while we're talking about Yoda is... Dear Woman has been actually in a few different art production. I don't know. Some are kind of different. So we had talked about the first one being the Dear Woman um, was a featured character in an episode of the Showtime horror series, Masters of Horror. And that was aired in 2005, 15, did not know, have not watched it. Yeah. Me either. It looks kind of silly. It does look silly. And then the next one was in 2015 by Nishinabe writer Elizabeth LaPonce. LaPense? Um, and she wrote Dear Woman a vignette. Vignette. Yeah, vignette. I don't even know what a vignette is. I feel like it's some kind of a... Uh shadow something to do with shadows Mm, okay and then the next one is in 2020 blackfeet author steven stefan steven how do you say how stefan (laughs) i don't know there's a lot of there's a lot of a lot of very easily mispronounced mispronounced words (laughs) i'm gonna say i'm gonna say steven Stephen Graham Jones. <laughs> Sorry, Stephen. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure Stephen. Yeah, S T E P H E N. Stephen. Or if you like, get really fancy, Stefan. 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 <laughs> like the. Oh no, that's Gaston. I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Stephen Graham Jones published the only good Indians, and then of course what we've been talking oh, about so much. Yeah. Well, is that what's that about? The only good Indians is that supposed to be about dear woman, or are they just? Uh, it's got to be right. Um, yeah, it is. It is a horror horror novel. Okay, so these are all the different. So these Steven. are some modern. Yeah, dear yeah. woman takes. Yeah, like from like in, the last twenty years or so. Mm-hmm. She's in like popular culture now. She's famous. She's getting oh, love yeah, right now. getting famous. She's getting it all thanks to Reservation Dogs. Super famous now. Yeah, I was just thinking super yeah. famous now. <laughs> Reservation Dogs featured. And I think it's been multiple episodes too. Or was it all mm-hmm. that one episode? It was, she was only in that one episode. Okay, just but, a couple of times. Because mm-hmm. there's one time in that store. Mm-hmm. The store, yeah. the funeral. I suggest watching it. The song, this episode is Come and Get Your Love. So you do get to listen to some Redbone, which is always a good day. Hmm. And so, yeah, that would be the that'd be the fourth one you're going to say. Right. So Stefan, 
<laughs> Steve. <laughs> Now I got I'm st Stephen Graham Jones published The Only Good Indians 2020 mm -hmm. Blackfeet author. Mm -hmm. And then this Elizabeth La Pensee. La Pensee. Mm -hmm. I like that mm -hmm. one. I like that and one. And I think we will go into, I think, a little bit more detail on this one in our shout out. Yeah. That is the really the big well, I don't even know what I'm saying the big shout out is really the the uh the the TV shows I really want to watch this one from 2005 mm -hmm. and I do too because it's a B movie I think everyone should watch it this this should be something we should it should be on Netflix but I'm pretty sure it it's should not. be it's on Peacock yeah so if you have Peacock you can watch it this Maybe you could rent it on Prime. I don't know. We should have probably thought about that. We will link the resources in yeah, we'll find the it. show notes. We'll find a place you can find it. Other than that, everyone can find Reservation Dogs on what? Hulu? Hulu. Yep, on Hulu. Yeah. And overall, I had a fun time and a very deep morality look at myself after doing all this research about Dear Woman. We'll say. Yeah, me too. And it really gets me. What it, it got us going down different. Keep calling them rabbit holes. There should be another name for that. Mm -hmm. But we went. We got onto all sorts of different topics that are really complicated and complex, including the things like the uncanny valley with Sigmund well, we're Freud. We're still and gonna. I guess we're still yeah. gonna talk about that, but. Long story short, this Dear Woman story got us going in so many different directions that mm -hmm. we we struggled to figure out if we just wanted to talk about the Dear Woman or not. It is very interesting. If anybody has any stories that they'd be willing to share, I would love to hear any stories about Dear Woman. Throw them at my way. Mm -hmm. Very and, curious. And similarly, uh, Goatman or Goatman. Any other hooved. Hooved, hooved stories of ruminants yeah interesting was... scary what uh epic whatever kind of crazy mm -hmm. stories out there that that's the i'm not sure what it is but there is something about hooved creatures mm -hmm. that are that's especially scary for some reason very scary i'm always scared about well i guess because where i work we have a lot of large mammals, so I'm always very concerned about somebody getting hooved. Yeah. Hooved to death. Hooved. Very much one of my concerns. Hmm. Was it close is... to home. Oh, and speaking of which, white-tailed deer are really dangerous, so please don't try habituate them to your backyards. And because we're especially around this time of year when they're in the rut, the males can be very aggressive. So avoid them if you can do mm -hmm. not feed them just mm -hmm. a little bit of a public service announcement i mean pro probably most of our listeners probably don't need to hear that but you know i'd be surprised i or not, I'm not i i said that wrong i am never surprised i'm almost never surprised mm -hmm. uh, i think i'm still saying that wrong i am constantly surprised I'm constantly almost. surprised yeah. there you go. Uh, i'm constantly <laughs> surprised almost by 
how often I think people should know something and they, and people just don't. don't. And, <laughs> and that's my own mistake. Cause I think people think the way I do. Mm-hmm. I think that's a little well, silly. And I think that we are now having more public in urban and wild landscapes that there is that interface of that urban interface that is getting smaller and smaller and we're having to deal with wild animals more some people aren't used to it so i think it's a good service announcement sometimes if you're on a little hike hey if you scare them they may charge you and it is terrifying i have been charged by an elk in a big ass truck terror still terrifying so make sure you are aware of your surroundings if you're not used to the area yeah and if you happen to run over one and it seems like it's dead don't put it in the back of your car because it might wake up and tear your car apart and then you're gonna be in a lot of trouble a lot of trouble you're probably gonna need a new car (laughs) yeah and chris farley tried that one time and it didn't work out for him so Mm -hmm. heed his warning heed his warning yeah and rest in peace mr chris farley and that reminds me i just want to say that no matter what's going on there's always a a silly aspect to it so it's really funny that there's a b movie about dear woman that's uh Mm -hmm. it's because it does not look scary at all but when i read the story from paula gun allen that was scary Mm -hmm. that I don't know if it was scary, but we're about to get into that. Yep, we're going to get into that. While doing research for the Dear Woman episode, I came across Dear Woman, an anthology, and it is a collection of stories by Native women to bring determination and healing to those in need and those willing to listen with their hearts. It started off as a Kickstarter, but I believe this was in 2015. So I think it might be available now for purchase, but it does talk a lot about women's strength, and survival and empowerment and hope. And one of the creators, as we have previous mentioned, was Elizabeth LaPense, and she is the creator of Dear Woman. A vignette, how do you say it again? Oh, it's a vignette. A vignette, a vignette, <laughs> a vignette. <laughs> every time. Um, she made the, she list, she quoted, I welcome you to experience this comic with the warning that it is a brutal, beautiful, and unrelenting story that shows us a glimpse of the serene chaos that Dear Woman is. And it was produced by Native Realities and co-edited by Elizabeth LaPense and Washahote Alavere. Again, very sorry if I butcher names, not great at it. Ledger just laughed at me. I know I butchered it. And you can find it at www.kickstarter slash a dash howl slash dear dash woman dash an dash anthology. 
Yeah, and we'll link it in the show notes as well. So you could probably click on it, but I bet you if you Googled Kickstarter and then <laughs> Dear Woman Anthology, you'll probably be It'll able to find up. it. Yeah. Yep. It was one of the first things that will pop up. And Very interesting. Um, love the stories, love the collection. And now that I'm looking at it, I wonder how that is pronounced vignette or vignette. Yeah, it's vignette. 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 I just butcher it. Sorry, people. It's all good. You butcher a lot of pronunciations. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm okay at it, but I know I get things wrong plenty of times. I know I got it wrong. And we found it fitting that since we are talking about a tougher topic, especially when it comes to indigenous people and what is happening with the realities of indigenous communities, we did find it important to also bring up a good foundation for missing and murdered indigenous peoples. And I know personally, I wanted to shout out the Snowbird Fund, and that was created by Montana businesswoman Whitney Williams. And it directly supports Montana Native families by providing rapid response financial assistance to families or individuals leading the search for, the, for their missing loved ones in urban and reservation areas. Yes, and Native Americans in the state of Montana represent 6.7% of the population, but they account for 26% of missing persons cases. And that's crazy. That's, mm-hmm. that's an insane number when you think about how small of a, pop, a proportion of the population that indigenous mm-hmm. people represent, but it's over a quarter of missing mm-hmm. persons cases. So if you want to help this specific cause, the Snowbird Fund, you can go and donate and you can find them at www.snowbirdfund.org. So this is something I don't think either one of us really thought about or knew before we started doing research for this episode was that the differences between terror and horror are actually really old as far as the people that try to study this and categorize it go. They've Mm -hmm. been looking at this for quite a long time. A long time. Yep. Ever since Gothic fiction, which I learned a little bit about. Mm -hmm. And then I don't think it's that common, but when I think Gothic, it's almost synonymous with old. Mm -hmm. So it's that it's that old. I think Gothic style was more about the unique perspective. Um, It's her technique of explaining apparently supernatural elements in novels. Oh, so that was just a certain, it was just Mm -hmm. a certain um, way that this Anne Radcliffe was looking she, at it she kind of like pioneered the idea of like gothic fiction okay. like she was one of the first writers and she came up with this definition of or distinctions of terror versus horror mm-hmm. which so, i yeah when i think gothic i think of things like notre dame 
Mm-hmm. So Ooh, it's is is it yeah. that old, or it's not uh, yes. that old? Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. Okay, it'd be old. Yeah, super old, and mm-hmm. the I think I have a feeling most people have a gut feeling for the difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, just from their instinctual sense, people can get a sense for the difference. I bet you're mm-hmm. thinking about the difference right now. The differences between terror and horror are actually really easy to understand. Mm-hmm. When I first started thinking about this stuff, I thought it was going to be more complicated, but it's really not. But it does lead to a lot of complicated ideas. It does. And most of the complicated ideas, which we've realized is the psychoanalysis, yeah, the psychological. psychological analysis of what these do to you as a person which I found very interesting, but very much a lot of rabbit holes mm-hmm. as we keep calling them. I don't know what else to call them. Me either. We could call them gopher holes. Gopher who, holes. who wants to go down a gopher hole? No, I don't know I mean, anyone. That I wants to go. What about a ground squirrel? What about a marmot? Uh, Can we pick a marmot? I don't know. A badger hole. Badger that, hole. Okay. Badger holes. Badgers so, aren't very friendly. So yeah, let's, we could stick with the rabbit holes rabbit holes chipmunks do they have holes though i thought they live I mean, in trees or no chipmunks live in the ground there's depends on the species yeah mm-hmm. okay enough of that chipmunk, chipmunk <laughs> <Rabbit> biology <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um i again i think like you had mentioned once i started understanding the differences of horror and terror it very much was apparent which one it was and i know you had mentioned it about how it really made me think about the horror movies i have watched in the past and break down the parts in a very different way than i had before Mm -hmm. yeah and i almost immediately started thinking and it was easy to to tell which movies got it right and mm-hmm. which ones didn't mm-hmm. and to understand how they got it right and how they didn't get right really did mm-hmm. seem to come down to how they were mixing or not mixing horror and terror mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of movies especially modern movies get obsessed with the horror aspect of it and they don't get the terror part right mm-hmm. maybe i think i've seen some movies ruin it with too much music get and i've seen some movies ruin it by showing too much so there's Mm. it's like there's too much horror Mm -hmm. and that seems to be the difference is the horror is when you see it the terror is what you when you don't see it Mm -hmm. i'd say maybe that that would be if i was gonna put it down to the most basic definition differences terrors as when it comes down to being scared terrors when when you're terrified is when you don't see it horror Mm -hmm. is when you do see it and from my own experience something that's completely removed from horror movies and scary movies is i went and jumped off it's almost like bungee jumping off of this building in new zealand i think it's called Mm -hmm. the sky tower and you jump off and it's an 11 second or like an 11 and a half second free fall and that half second man that seems to make a difference it must or maybe i really wanted to but that was one of the most horrifying experiences of my life but i understand the terror was going up in the elevator Mm -hmm. and it wasn't really until i got in the elevator and the uh, 
this is a really interesting twisted way to mess with people is they have a glass window mm, right in the no, middle of the elevator terrifying and so on your way uh-huh. up you get to see how far uh-huh. from the very beginning and so that's the terror no. it's just built up the whole time so much where i try mm-hmm. I, was, I said i'm gonna stand on this thing the whole time and i couldn't handle it i had I, mm-hmm. it was just so unbearable i had to get off and but the terror was there and i stepped out and even though it was there's it was an enclosed hallway i yes. still felt like just crazy but then when I jumped, it was still insane. It was horrifying. Mm-hmm. But then also it was this massive re- release of the all that pressure that was building up. And so that's kind of like what it is in movies. Mm-hmm. It seems like that when mm-hmm. a movie is able to really mix that, that buildup of the, mm-hmm. of the unseen, of the thing that you're creating for yourself in your own subconscious. And then not show too much but eventually release that pressure it doesn't get you running away from the movie it keeps right. you into the movie but then it releases just enough of that pressure through the horrifying and if as long as it's not too horrific that's like it seems to be the good mixture sweet spot. and i think that's what a lot of movies are getting wrong is they're doing too much horror what do you think about that or maybe you should too much of one it, thing. What, how would you define it in your words the difference now that i've defined it um, well, I will give you the definition that I have in front of me. Well, I want to hear your words. <laughs> I know, but we got to give them okay, a proper state. Yeah. No, that's good. Okay. We should have done that first. Yeah. So terror is the feeling of dread and apprehension at the possibility of something frightening. It's something you experience mentally, a state of mind where you know something horrific is about to happen to you. Horror, on the other hand, is the shock and repulsion of seeing the frightening thing. Horror also involves fear, but it's in reaction to something instead of anticipation of it. Horror is more of a physical repulsion. And I would say that terror to me, I've already mentioned this to you many of times that by now, I don't know if anybody else has caught this in the intro song that Turtle made, which was great. I guess it's not a song. (laughs) Our our Halloween, our Halloween hit this year. Our bop, our Halloween bop this year. I would say I mastered it, but we kind of mixed it together. We did. And there was this one part in there that instantly terrified me the moment I heard that sound. Yeah, I wouldn't have chose that if you wouldn't have. Like, yeah. If, yeah. If anybody else, I'm not going to say what it is, but there is one part in the beginning that terrifies me. And to me, that is what it is. It's like a sound that I don't know what is happening or what, what is around it. And I guess I have a, I can have a funny experience of terror where there wasn't horror at the end. I was doing some work um, in with removing invasive weeds and it was foggy early morning. And all of a sudden I hear this sound. It's just me. I'm worried about snakes. I'm already terrified. All of a sudden I hear this grunting sound. No idea what's happening. Can't see anything. Continues to grunt. Sounds like 
death is coming. You start to like hear a little bit of rumbling. And all of a sudden I look over and there are bison coming down this hill. I was like, I'm going to get back in my truck now. And I was terrified that entire moment until I saw the bison and I was like, I'm going to live, but I'm also like going to get back in my vehicle. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. But I was terrified that whole time until I finally see them through the mist. It was one of my most terrifying moments at work. Hmm. Buffalo in the mist. Bison. Yep. Bison in the mist was terrified, but that's what I imagined for terror is like that anticipation of like me in my mind, literally going through every negative possibility I can. Yeah. What, what would, and that's the thing is you probably didn't really think it was any one thing, right? No, I didn't. I just like everything like scatters through your mind really fast. Mm-hmm. No idea. Logically, if I would have actually thought about where I was at, what I was doing, my first response after hearing that sound was instantly, yes, that is a bison snorting in the distance. Mm-hmm. But given the situation and me kind of, again, talking about my state of mind, and I was really thinking something horrific was about to happen. Pleasantly surprised, got to see some bison, but all at the same time was terrified. In horror, that's like coming, seeing something terrifying. Oh, it says uh, seeing your roommate getting eaten alive by giant rats. That would be. Yeah, that's horror. That's horrific. Yeah. Mm hmm. That example is horrific. (laughs) Horrifying. So horrific. It wouldn't be terrific. (laughs) (laughs) Just terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. That was terrific. The terrifying. Terrifying. Mm -hmm. That. So the story I told on last year's episode that about that thing that chased me through the field that's probably why that sucks so bad because it was just terrifying there was no horror it wasn't really horrifying i didn't see anything yeah i heard still have your imagination yeah i only heard stuff but i also but up plus like all the feelings and whatnot and then running Hmm. but yeah just hearing all the and the complexity of all the different sounds not just like the bump in the night type of thing but very specific sounds really close Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that Mm -hmm. was terrifying and i'm not so sure i wanted maybe i didn't want to see it oh that oh yeah that was related to that one story that we that about that that you read about that thing that ate that lady's husband or something ate the Uh, lady's husband yeah there was a that story uh, it was the one that you told on last year's episode for Halloween. And this native lady was married to this guy and they're living in this place and there's something wrong with their family and somehow. And she so noticed the owl lady. Yeah. There's like someone outside on the tree or something. Yeah. I think it was, um, and then the guy ignored her and didn't see it. 
but then later that night she like heard something and turned over and found him dead oh and he was yeah i remember what was that like something was so eating much him for or how something. much i pay attention <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was a creepy that was a creepy story and it reminded that me of a creepy um, story that mo- it reminded me of that story from uh that book scary stories to tell in the dark i think oh the versions yeah. about harold mm-hmm. that uh that was a scarecrow oh you remember yeah. that one about the scarecrow uh-huh. that uh skinned the guy mm-hmm. well that's like jeepers creepers like he was on <clears throat> yeah poised as a scarecrow from time to time definitely and that that mm-hmm. the first one especially i thought it was a pretty good one i liked that movie mm-hmm. it was creepy it was creepy very interesting and creepy and that one again using the mysterious the unknown and that really build up of the mm-hmm. the what's it one of the ways that this woman uh, Anne Radcliffe put it was that what was it that I keep looking at horror but is that it's really that the apprehension and mm-hmm. then when you realize that's the horror and the apprehension mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. the terror mm-hmm. and so all that build up when that weird what is what is he called mr creepers mr jeepers he when he was uh like you didn't really can never saw the face running mm-hmm. run, running around in that big truck mm-hmm. and uh, big old trench coat yeah big hat and mm-hmm. and then the horrifying realization of the what was going on down in that cellar mm-hmm. whatever that thing was that basement thing that weird that thing, hole yeah. yeah the repository <laughs> that was the horrifying part mm-hmm. but then it went back to a little bit of the terrifying because he still didn't know what the mm-hmm. heck that thing was and that brings up a good point about how terror where there's terror and horror there's also a third element that kind of plays a part with this and Stephen King has put it very eloquently as he says I recognize terror as the finest emotion and so I will try to terrorize the reader but if I find I cannot terrify him or her I will try to horrify. And if I cannot horrify, I'll go for the gross out. I'm not proud. Mm. And the third one is repulsion, which is what it ends up going to, which for me, Jeepers Creepers, a lot of it is repulsion, especially when the very last scene of Jeepers Creepers and you see the belly button and you know that it's the brother and he has been skinned because that is his belly button because he's got the tattoo. Yeah, that's gross. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. <laughs> it is very much disgusting. <laughs> and there was a lot that went into learning about terror and horror. And I know we are going to do a full episode just on one little part of this terror and horror that we've learned that we figured out it dedicated its own episode Mm -hmm. with your favorite person, Freud. Mm. No. (laughs) Well, 
I mean, he's an interesting dude, but. I was joking with it being your favorite. Don't say that. It's <laughs> offensive to my sensibilities. <laughs> no, I don't like a lot of these old school people, but I mean, it's weird because uh, I guess a lot of crazy people had good ideas. Mm -hmm. And this guy was one of them. He came up with a lot of ideas that people still use to this day, like mm -hmm. the the uh, the id or the ego, things like that. Id. When people say things like that, they're they're unconsciously you know, using mm -hmm. Freudian terms. But the the person that I found more interesting was Carl Jung. But mm -hmm. we're, that was a part of what you're talking about. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things that was weird about this is how this affects our psychology and how that uh, different people respond differently to terror and horror to scary mm -hmm. things and the specific thing that we wanted to talk about was this idea of the uncanny valley and freud was the person that first came up with it and it was what he called the uncanny and i'm just going to read a quick quote from his it's like an essay he wrote about the uncanny in 1919. And he said, the subject of the uncanny is a province of this kind. It undoubtedly belongs to all that is terrible, to all that arouses dread and creeping horror. It is equally certain, too, that the world is not always used in a clearly definable sense, so that it tends to coincide with whatever excites dread. Yet we may expect that it implies some intrinsic quality which justifies the use of a special name. One is curious to know what this peculiar quality is which allows us to distinguish as uncanny certain things within the boundaries of what is fearful. And I thought it was interesting because he says that that word specifically, he says terrible. So it mm -hmm. undoubtedly, this uncanny thing this thing is he calls it a creeping horror mm -hmm. or all that arouses dread or all that is terrible and the uncanny valley is something that we've talked about before why people get weirded out by dolls mm -hmm. why little kids can be kind of scary i don't know if it's the same mm -hmm. thing uh clowns haunted houses mm -hmm. so anything that you know you're you know it's not real but our mm -hmm. mind somehow doesn't know the difference because because it, it flirts with the line between mm -hmm. the, what's real and what's not real and interestingly enough that's how i thought about it and that's more it seems more like a surface level thinking of the uncanny because freud here right. is talking specifically about terror mm-hmm that it, it it's undoubtedly belongs to all that is terrible, to all that arouses dread and creeping horror. And it's not really clearly definable. No, it's not. Very not. That's, I mean, that's probably why I called it the uncanny. But the, that the, the these strange, when these barriers between what's real and what's not, like our body and the mind between dreaming and reality when those start mm -hmm. breaking apart people mm -hmm. can some people can handle and some people can't mm -hmm. and it really freaks some people out and that's 
partially where some of the terror is coming from is it most of the time it doesn't even exist right it's it's that the the idea of it that's so Mm -hmm. terrifying more than what actually happens from my experience most things that are terrifying don't end up being that bad Mm -hmm. maybe that's why horror horror movies are so fun because it gives a little bit of oomph to the terror uh-huh. And it's it's one of those weird ways where we can get that big pressure and release without actually mm-hmm. having to be in danger. Ooh, because yeah. often That's in real point. life, yeah. when you're experiencing that feeling of terror, uh-huh. there's actually a really good reason for it. And you should watch out. Yeah, exactly. Because like what you're I was doing panic. earlier, right? I was going up to the super high thing and I, was, and I knew yeah. that I'm going to jump off of it. Mm-hmm. So rightly, I, I, it makes sense that I was terrified right but um often nowadays we think is there a lion in those bushes being terrified when it probably isn't it's like a little chipmunk or something most likely but there's real there's a reality there's that's the interesting part i think that i wanted to hit on by bringing up the uncanny and i'm glad you brought it up more more than me actually you did most of that found most of that stuff but uh what's really interesting interesting is it points to our the evolutionary uh-huh. history of why we get terrified in the first place which is what it's like wow then why that's a trippy trippy part because i know some people hate scary movies and i wonder does that yeah. is there something biological going on there is there some kind of a proclivity that some people have to it where they they actually like the terrifying and those would have been the people that go out and go hunting, go mm-hmm. find the new, go over that ridge that no one's been over, that kind of thing. I mean, I'm just, I'm generalizing, but I often think about these things in evolutionary terms of like, where did this come from? Why do people do this? Because it doesn't seem like we would do it unless there was a reason. And terror, horror, it seems like we all mm-hmm. have a capacity for it. So. Mm-hmm there's something going on behind the scenes and that's where we decided okay we got to do a whole episode about this but we wanted to touch on it because this leads right into our next topic which is about uh, the differences in movies like Mm -hmm. what movies get terror really good and what movies don't or like from my perspective i think a lot of movies overdo horror i think so what i found interesting i say that a lot i've said that a lot this interest this time uh, i found a lot of things in, interesting this whole thing's um, interesting while looking through horror and kind of defining horror and kind of figuring out what the horror genre was i kind of came across this idea of contemporary horror versus classic horror and i have realized that i'm probably more of a classic horror fan i personally my opinion only am not a fan of movies like saw i do not like gore i am not a horror gore fan i will watch it once or twice just like the hills have eyes i'll watch it once but i it's not a movie i seek out i very much like that build up in that overthinking um like paranormal activity where the whole time you're like on your toes and you're really much kind of guessing about what you're going to see or what's going to happen at night. I like that buildup and that anticipation and <laughs> anticipation. <laughs> I like that one though. I like that. 
Antis- <laughs> what was it? Antis- anticipation? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it is getting a little bit late. <laughs> so sorry. It's all good. Um, anticipation. And I do like that. I know that the one that I would, what oh, did switch my mind? What did I switch my mind to last minute where I wanted to psych you out? Psyched myself out and forgot what it was. <laughs> yeah. Psyched yourself out. I do that um, all the time. The one that I could think about now is called Hush. And Hush was a movie that was released in 2015, I believe. And it very much to me highlights probably why women might be more scared of a certain terrifying situation than say a man would. I would like people's opinion on if they've ever seen Hush before because I did watch a reaction channel on somebody who watched Hush and he was a guy and he had a very different opinion of how I would be terrified. It's a very much a real life scenario that I can see myself happening and it's terrifying to me. Hmm. I kind of like that real life real life scenarios yeah i think more mm-hmm. rhythm, if it's more realistic it's better because mm-hmm. it's then it's it's easier to be able to relate with it and if you can relate with mm-hmm. it then you can see yourself in that position and then if you can see yourself in that position it's pretty easy to go from there and realize hmm. right it's just <clears throat> makes it creepier when you can imagine it happening to you and it's scary. It's a, yeah, definitely. Not and I don't even know like this movie. I, think I don't think I've seen Hush. Yeah, I don't want to give away too much because if you haven't seen it, I really do think you should see it. But it is about a deaf woman who lives in a very rural area, and at night, some stuff happens to her house, and her and her being deaf plays a huge role into how she handles herself in this situation mm-hmm. i don't want to give too much i'm really gonna i'm really trying to like just let people enjoy it yeah and i i agree with you what you're saying about saw when i first i saw when i watched the first saw the it it definitely didn't strike me as a normal scary movie it was just shocking Mm -hmm. shocking and in that sense it was just all horror Mm -hmm. and the only terror in there at all was just who was who is this guy yeah that's really the only mystery that was a part of that movie at all but also Mm -hmm. oh how are they going to get out but that was really just a part of the ongoing shock factor Mm -hmm. Because every time they figured out they're a way to get out, it was just a part of this new trick. Mm-hmm. So it was just nonstop horror. And, you know, I can see how that could be appealing, especially mm-hmm. once movies got better graphics, once computer animation, like not, and a lot of that wasn't even computers, but just once the makeup effects and all these effects artists got their art to a certain point, it was like, it just got overused. Mm-hmm. And similar to what I think is going on with animation and computer graphics and, mm-hmm. and movies and stuff, how they overdo it on some movies. And mm-hmm. although it looks cool and it does seem like, holy crap, these graphics are insane. Uh-huh. It's just too much. It's just too much. 
for it can be a lot. handle. And I, I, that's what I think mm-hmm. is going on with Saw movies like Saw, mm-hmm. and because it's not the only one, but um, the the recent it, Michael Myers movies that I've seen, the most recent mm-hmm. ones that have come out, the um, especially the newest one is just bloody, gory, mm-hmm. um, and it's like, ah, that's not really why I liked Michael Myers in the first place because the part of what ma- made Michael Myers terrifying. And this isn't my recommendation. I'm kind of just comparing some classic horror to contemporary stuff. And I consider maybe Michael Myers one of the last classic horror movies that was more in line with this classical horror genre than the contemporary because Mm -hmm. it didn't show everything. And it really had a lot of buildup. And when Mm -hmm. there was gore, it was, like it says, it was more suggestive than it was just overt and in your face. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I agree. I like that style more, but I think there is a place for the the contemporary style of showing it when necessary. Mm-hmm. But I think it's so easy to overuse it because it's so overloading to the consciousness, to your conscious and subconscious mind and our ability mm-hmm. to deal with that kind of it varies. So it varies widely from person to person. And like you were saying, how some people re- react is going to be different and, um depends also on like your your life i know mm-hmm. that i got scared of clowns when i was really young until mm-hmm. this day they creep me out even though i think they're silly and dumb it's just mm-hmm. this weird thing that i can't seem to turn off in my head and and i guess since not even in my head really because i feel it when i if i were to see a clown somewhere it'd be mm-hmm. and, and it's really out of context also the context right so what are you doing here there has to be that and that's what makes it terrifying is the un there's something unknown that's off that's not how it's supposed to be mm-hmm. and that's where that uncanny stuff comes in also is it there's something about whatever it is that you're experiencing that makes mm-hmm. it seem like it's like it is it's a way that it's not supposed to be and we don't like that for some no. reason people don't like that <laughs> right yeah. don't understand why they don't like that i mean we do we don't like it um but the weird part is is we do all sorts of things we don't like there but Mm -hmm. it just has to have the right amount of return and so Mm -hmm. when we get that horror and the shock it's it's like oh my god but then the terror is over Mm -hmm. there's no more buildup and it's just this huge kind of explosion of emotions that we have right but then it's also the mystery is solved Mm -hmm. and you can move on with your life on. move on with your life and in, in the weird <laughs> crazy the weird guy way. that just got just sawed off his leg so he could get out and so he could just so he could see something more horrible happen down the hallway i remember i think i got tired of saw after probably the second one i think i watched the first see? one yeah that was about it so I guess that I'm, I don't recommend Saw, but I do recommend the old school Michael Myers movies. The uh, I kind of I did like the newer ones with the the Rob Zombie one. I like that one where it was show it told the, oh. mostly because it kind of it told the story of what happened when he was a kid. And mm-hmm. as far as I know, that never happened before. So that was really interesting. And I'm a huge Rob Zombie fan. And those, what would you say those movies? Have you seen those? Like House of a Thousand Corpses or... Yeah, House of Wax. Uh, 
Casa um, Wax is that? I didn't think that was a Rob Zombie movie. Oh no 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 um no that's, what was the new? They uh, just came out. I do like that movie though. Um. Uh yeah, the three of them, and it's got Spalding. Yeah, so there's uh House of a Thousand Corpses, and then there's the Devil Je- Devil's Rejects, and then the there's another rejects. one. I don't know what the new one that just came recently yeah, came. I don't out, know I what think. that one's called. But uh, House of a Thousand Corpses was, it was terrifying up to a point, and then it was horrifying in just like a really weird way when they revealed who this <laughs> weird doctor was and living under the ground and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was some of the endings, but it was just, uh, yeah, there. I think I liked it when I was younger because it was the first movie that was just unabashedly gory, mm-hmm. just ridiculously gory at times, but also extremely brutal, more than you really see in movies at the time. Uh-huh. And nowadays, pretty, a lot of movies are hardcore like that. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the, one of the first of its kind, I think, where it was just so hardcore because a lot of people talk about hostile and stuff, but it was, um, Thousand Corpses is up before then. Oh, yeah, it was. But I bet you that wasn't the first one. I bet you there's like the classic one that Rob Zombie probably loves and whatnot. But it is it's one of the first hardcore, brutal, just Mm -hmm. maybe one of the ones that took horror to a point that no film had gone to before. But the terror aspect of that one, uh, I don't know. It was okay. It was okay. I guess another one that I really much there's a couple of them but the descent that one is pretty creepy if you happen to be into like cave hiking cave crawling i don't know what do you call it when you like to go into caves spelunking spelunking yeah that one's a good one that's a lot of build-up and pretty horrific in the end pretty gory is that the one where there's the underground cave people that evolved in the cave mm-hmm uh, yeah. mm-hmm yeah, I, f- I find that part like it seems kind of silly and stupid that really people evolved underground. Uh, d- mm. It just didn't make sense. But the premise and yeah, I think the, the way they, the plot lines out and stuff, it w- I would. That's the thing is I get creeped out easy by movies. Mm-hmm. And I uh, mostly because I've al- I always picture myself being in that situation and what that would be like. Right. And I know I would be freaked out if something like that went down. Do well. But also I I don't I I would never really go under into a cave like that. So I'd be freaked out anyway. Uh-huh. Just by being in a cave like that. I've been in caves, but I've never I've I've been through the Lewis and Clark ones. But mm-hmm. I mean you're with oh, a huge yeah. group and there's a guide and there's rails and stuff. But even that, there's right. some of those places you look and you're like, whoa, man, if I like slipped the wrong way. I might go down that hole. <laughs> that would, that's crazy. <laughs> but uh, the as far as just being on my own in an uncontrolled cave environment, I've only done that mm-hmm. once. Mm. And I, yeah, I, went, I don't know it was a mine shaft it. and it went just straight back mm-hmm. into the mountain. But then you get to a point mm-hmm. where it gets really like low and gets really creepy. Mm-hmm. And there's daddy long legs in the thousands and thousands. It's weird because they, they're, they basically, they're, they are the wall. Mm-hmm. And they're not really doing anything. They'll kind of, they're kind of moving a little like this weird uh-huh. movement, but um, 
I'd never went, I didn't have the guts to go up and look down because just like 10 feet ahead, there was a shaft that mm-hmm. went down like 200 feet. Mm-mm. And I didn't have the I guts because there was no rail. It was, it was just an open mine shaft. They closed, it's closed now. Can't go in there anymore. Uh-huh. <laughs> but when I went in there when I was a kid and it, yeah, it was crazy. That was pretty interesting. Um, I kind of wish I would have looked down there, but just thinking like, oh God, that would be such a horrible, especially if you didn't die. That would be horrible. You didn't die. Yeah, horrible. You're down there with a broken pelvis or something and you're just laying there in the darkness, but you could see that little mm-hmm. bit of light up top. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You probably wouldn't see any light actually because we were far, it was like a hundred feet back or so in the cave. Oh, No. That would be too scary. Or it's not even cave. It was a mine shaft. That. So that technically, I, was, I don't know if that's called spelunking, if it's a mine shaft. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, my uh, movies were um, even in the move, uh, even like Lord of the Rings when they're underground. Mm-hmm. That was, parts there were a little bit creepy. Mm, it wasn't really that scary, doors. but just thinking being underground like that in a cave mm-hmm. where, where, you know, everybody's supposed to be dead. Right. When you start hearing the drums lights. from the orcs, that part mm-hmm. was a little bit creepy. But mm-hmm. then immediately it was like, oh, okay, it's Lord of the Rings. And they're just going to fight him. And yeah. Stuff. You know, they're going to fight. <laughs> but then Gandalf there was a dies. moment, though. But yeah. Um, yeah. So that's a long way to get around to my recommendation, which is, uh, I was actually going to, I was almost going to say the one you were talking about earlier. But it's the uh, they're called the ritual and it is a movie about these dudes that these i'm pretty sure the british but these british guys that go to sweden on a hiking trip and it is directed by a guy named david bruckner but i wanted to recommend this one because it does for being like a, a it's not the best movie I've ever seen, but it's mm-hmm. it. I like the way that it played with that tension between terror and horror. Mm-hmm. I also would like to recommend Rhymes for Young Ghouls, which is on the Red Crow Big Mac radio a reservation in 1976. So it is an older movie. But I actually did watch a little bit of this one and it is worth the watch. So I would go give that one a watch. Also can watch Violet. It tells the story of an escaped mental patient and dark secrets surrounding her death. It is a largely native cast as well. And then the next one I just recommend is just real quickly is He Can't Be Caught, um, which is just a short film. If you can find these and it takes place on Halloween night on a reservation. So if you can really watch that one with pranksters and then actually possibly real monsters and even Bigfoot. So those are my kind of like three recommendations for maybe a fun reservation Halloween night. I think the the movie that really had the biggest impact on me growing up as far as scary movies goes is probably like many other people's it Mm. and it it and really what's interesting about that is it's not even about the clown it's about knowing that it's not a clown yes it's like an interdimensional well not even that just knowing that it's not a clown whatever it is oh but the fact that it's coming to you looking like a clown is (laughs) weird 
It's weird, man. Forms. It is weird. It is weird. Yeah. I could appreciate it. And just to wrap things back around uh, again and recommend Reservation Dogs. That's where we got some of the original mm-hmm. inspiration to do this episode uh, mm-hmm. and talk about Dear Woman. The creators of that show, uh, the, I listened to one, Sterling Harjo, on a podcast. Mm-hmm. And I, it was really interesting, some of his perspectives on why he decided to do this and why he casts certain people. Mm-hmm. But I had no idea that this other guy, who I thought was just a comedian dude, was also a creator. His name is Taika Waititi. And he's a dude from New Zealand that is also a creator on this show. So shout out to those guys. Yeah. Thank you for putting together Res Dogs because I'm enjoying it thoroughly. It's a good show. I do recommend it. And I am now I'm curious as we've kind of told our favorite stories and our favorite movies. When you feel in the mood for something creepy to read or watch, what do you tend to gravitate towards? Is it more of the terror or is it more of the horror? Porter Bug, you just, you got stuck in the headphones. And if you have any good recommendations as well, I'd love to have some for Halloween. It's probably just gonna be me by myself in the middle of nowhere, looking to get scared. So give me some recommendations. Yes, please. And always appreciate your time. And we will catch you on the next episode. And I'm to the men. Thanks for joining us, everyone. If you like the episode, make sure you go to our iTunes page and you leave us a review. Yes. Give us a like. Yes. And five stars. Five stars. Just Only because, five stars. Just because you, you want to. If you don't like iTunes, you can also follow us on our social media pages. Oh, yeah, and you can drop a comment or leave a review on there, too. Yep, mm-hmm. and we also have a website. Yes, we do. <laughs> and it's a really cool one called IndianScienceShow.wordpress.com. But oh. if you'd like to just access our site directly from the place that hosts it, it's the same thing, but IndianScienceShow.audient.co. We would love to hear from you guys. Yeah. And Indian Science Show is spelled N-D-N-S-C-I-E-N-C-E-S-H-O-W dot WordPress dot com. Thank you for lending us your ears. And now you should go use your fingers and your eyes to go leave us a review. Yes. (laughs) 